Good morning, everyone. So good to see all your faces here today on this uh, cloudy, wow, believe it, first Sunday of February. Hard to believe. Uh, is it, do we call it love month? I don't know. February? Love, I don't know. Okay. I got a scowl uh, from Nancy, so that's definitely not. We're not going to call it love month. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, really glad to be here to, to worship with you guys today. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a week, um, as, as Brad was letting us know. Thanks, Brad, for leading us. And um, just Josh being sick, and then really the, the pretty heavy hit of um, Monica's husband, uh, passing away pretty unexpectedly. He's been in and out of, of health, of kind of poor health, bad health for several months, but it was not expected um, that he was just, that he would just pass away like that. So I would love to just maybe take a moment and just pray for, uh, for her and for her family who continue to just process the kind of the sudden uh, passing of, of Randy. So would you join me in prayer? Father, uh, God, is our call to worship reminded us you are good. Lord, you are always good. Lord, you are good when uh, kind of normal things happen that we expect. You are good when uh, things happen that, that we don't expect. And maybe even, even when we should, Lord. Uh, we should expect things like death. Uh, and yet they, they surprise us. They, it, when it comes, it takes our breath away. And uh, Lord, we know that, that you're good in the midst of it, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the uh, confusion that sometimes comes. And we just pray, Lord, and I pray for, uh, for Monica, Lord, and for her family, Lord, for her kids, for her grandkids who are uh, processing this loss, this grief of uh, her husband, uh, dad, grandpa in their lives, Lord, a friend, Lord, uh, a guy who really has a presence even across our whole nation through his radio ministry, God. Um, and I pray just in line with what Brad said earlier, that this would be an opportunity for folks to, uh, to grieve, but to not grieve as those who have no hope, Lord, to grieve as those who uh, know where Randy is, Lord, by your grace and by your mercy. And Lord, that, it, that would even be used of you to call people to reflect on their own uh, relationship with you and their own eternal standing, God, knowing that, uh, that death waits for each one of us. Um, that's sobering, Lord, but there's something honest and, and important about it. And so I just pray that you'd continue to work through this, this passing um, and uh, be, be the comforter that we know you are uh, to this sweet family. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So thanks for praying with me. And um, we are diving back in to Romans today. We're going to keep on going. We had Mission Sunday last week, um, but we have turned a corner in Romans, just barely stepped into, tiptoed into Romans chapter 12. And Romans 12, as Josh kind of reminded us of a couple weeks ago, is a uh, kind of a turning point in the book of Romans where Paul starts to get very practical in terms of, okay, if the gospel is true, what then? So um, 
Josh did verse 1 of Romans 12 two, two weeks ago. I'm just going to do one inch further and do verse 2. So uh, if you can handle one verse this morning, uh, that's, that's where we're heading. So Romans 12, verse 2, and I would encourage you as you're able to stand for the reading of God's word. God's word, Romans 12, pick up, picking up in verse 2, says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is God's word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we know that you use it uh, powerfully as your spirit works in and through it for uh, your glory, for our good on this earth. May all of our hearts be attuned to what you want to do uh, this morning through this word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. Uh, So, church, in this one singular verse today, Paul is continuing to try and answer this practical question that I alluded to just a moment ago. And it's the question of how should we live in light of the gospel? If the gospel is true, then what? Uh, Especially, we can think, uh, if it is true what Jesus said in his earthly ministry, where Jesus said that he had come to fulfill the law, if that is uh, a reality and a truth that we can bank on, Jesus fulfilling the law, then what are worshipers of God supposed to look to? How are worshipers of God supposed to act now uh, if they are not directed by, bound by the law? How are they supposed to live? It's kind of the question that has been stirred up by what Paul has been sharing and what he's been saying about the gospel and about how it has been fulfilled, the law has been fulfilled in Christ. And so uh, that is what he's diving into today. And what we're going to see is that this is really breaking into a brand new kind of era, an epoch of salvation history. And it's one that is more than anything going to be defined by the working of the Holy Spirit, directed by, guided by the Spirit in our lives. And that is what Paul is going to be getting at here in this verse. And, you know, we as Christians today, we have lots of questions. Paul is addressing the question of how do we live? And I think this is, was a question that the original audience would have been asking. And it's a question that we still ask today. How do, how do we live in such a way that honors God in this world? How do we, uh, what do we do? How do we worship God in a way that is pleasing to him in this world, in the midst of all the uh, factors, all the questions, all the, all the cultural things that swirl and change around us all the time? What is God's will for my life, for your life? for our, you know, our relationships with one another. What is God's will, we might ask, for uh, how we steward our financial resources? What is God's will when it comes to things like our careers and, and schooling and what we do with our time? What, what is God's will in these things? 
we want to know. We have all these questions in life, and we want to know, you know, should, should I change something? I'm, I'm going a certain way. Should I do something differently? Should I, should I do X and Y instead of Z? We have all these questions, kind of know how, how should we live in this life? How, and if we, you know, if we go there and we say, okay, I, I, I do feel like the Lord is calling me to change. There's some direction that I'm being called in. How, how does that actually happen? How do we change? All of these, I think, are very living questions that kind of feed back into the larger question of how do we live and, and how do we know the right way to live in light of the gospel. Paul talks in uh, Romans 12, verse 1, about how we are living sacrifices. And the question is, how do we live as a, as a living sacrifice? Not like the, the old sacrifices in the, in the Old Testament, the ones that were offered on the altar that were not living, that were dead sacrifices. How do we live as those who are alive, yet in a sacrificial way, a worshipful way, unto our God? It's a big question, lots of different trails and kind of paths it could take us down. I think Paul's answer here, as we look just at this one particular verse, is that if you or I really want to know God's will for our lives and we want to do it, or at least we want to try and do it to some extent, if you or I really want to kind of be different and to change in our lives, the end. If we want to change in our lives and be different because of Jesus, because of the grace of the gospel in our lives, uh, what, what is needed? And what Paul is saying here is what is needed is renewal. If we want to know God's will, live God's will, we need renewal of our minds. Not just any kind of renewal, but it needs to be a, a gospel renewal of our minds, a Holy Spirit-initiated, Holy Spirit-empowered, Holy Spirit-driven renewal that then will guide us in the way that we should go, in what is good and right and true. And this is a renewal that should, uh, as we're looking at what Paul is saying here and as we see where he goes from this point into the rest of the letter, we see that it's not just an area, uh, or, sorry, it's not just a renewal of one area of our lives, but it's, it's like a complete overhaul. It's, it's not just one compartmentalized area where we need to kind of change our thinking in light of the gospel, but it's, it's everything, every compartment, every uh, nook and cranny, and every sphere of our lives. Gospel renewal from the inside out changing us what is called for here. And that is why Paul uses this word, transformation. It's what he's alluding to. I imagine a, uh, just thinking of kind of a word picture or an analogy for what is being called for here. I, I thought of, you know, kind of the, uh, the hard reboot 
or like the factory setting reboot that you might do on, on a phone or a computer. And, you know, you kind of set it back to the way that it, it was when it was brand new, right? The, the way that it was designed to be at the beginning. And I think there's an analogy there for uh, what the Holy Spirit is working in us and doing in us to reset us to a way that is in line with the original pattern, the creation pattern that was, uh, that was good and right before the fall entered, before sin entered and cracked and, and kind of shattered all of, all of the different ways that we think about all of the, all of the things in our, in our own lives and in the world. So it's the Holy Spirit uh, reboot here that Paul is talking about. And maybe a question to ask at this point would be, do you want that? Like, is that something that you desire? Because we shouldn't take it for granted, I shouldn't take it for granted, that that's something that everyone in, in the room wants, right? The, that we, we want God to come and tweak everything and say, no, not this way, that way. Not, not that uh, particular, uh, you know, I don't know, manifestation of, I think I'm losing, losing my train of thought. But, you know, you don't want to go towards A, you want to go towards B. And I think if you are someone who wants the, the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, to tweak, to change your thinking, that right there is, uh, that should be encouraging to you. Because the, even the desire to have a mind that is changed by God is a sign that God is working in your life. Right, the renewal has begun if you want the renewal to be happening, right? Because I think there's a lot of people who would say, you know, and maybe, you know, there are moments where I feel this way. Maybe there are moments you feel this way. Like, I, God, don't, don't, I don't want your way. I don't want to be thinking, you know, in accordance with whatever you're saying is the, the right way. We want to go our own way, right? That's the nature of sin in our lives. But, if you have those moments where you're like, man, the Lord's way is right. The Lord's way is good. He, his way is the best way. Even if you're not on it all the time, even if you're not doing it perfectly, it's a sign that the Lord is at work. The Holy Spirit is at work in your life. The, the renewal has begun. I hope that's perhaps an encouragement <clears throat> to you in this, uh, in this reflection. <clears throat> So that kind of framed up, here is what I would say is kind of my big thought, kind of my main point for today. And it's essentially this, is that from the perspective of uh, God's word and the gospel, really there is no such thing as a transformed life without a renewed mind. We don't have transformed lives without the renewal of our minds. Or we could maybe put it another way and kind of loop in the, uh, the title of the sermon and tie this in here a little bit. It's this. It's that it is always kind of, we could say, the bud of gospel renewal in our minds that leads to the blossom of transformation in our lives. It's that gospel bud, the, rene the renewed gospel bud in, in our lives that the Holy Spirit works into us 
that then blossoms into transformation in our lives. Yeah, there's my, there's my, my diagram here. Right? So if you like visuals, that's what I came up with this week. You can think about this as, uh, you know, you look at the diagram. It's a flower, right? It goes with love month. Uh, yeah. No? Okay. Uh, so you think about nature, right? You don't get a, a blossom. You don't get a flower blossoming in nature if you don't first have a bud there. Same thing spiritually. You, you carry the analogy over. You don't get a, a changed heart, a changed, transformed life without a renewal, a renewed mind by the working of God's spirit within you. Paul writes, if we just look at the first part of the verse, verse two, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You can uh, sink into a few of these words that are really um, significant in this statement here, even just the first half of this verse. First, he says, do not be conformed. The, the idea of that word conformed there is to be, do not be kind of shaped like or fashioned into the mold, the form of this world. And even the word world there is actually an interesting one. It could also be translated as the, world, the word age. So the idea of don't be uh, people who are conformed to this age that we are living in, this world that is surrounding us constantly. But what, what? He goes on, he says, rather be transformed. Transformed. That word uh, this week was fascinating to me to dig into a little bit because the word transformed there is actually the same word that we find in the accounts where we read of Jesus going up on the mount. We, we refer to it as the mount of transfiguration. What happens when Jesus goes onto this mount, mountaintop? We see uh, Mark 9 Matthew 17, both tell this story. Jesus goes up to this mountaintop, and, and what happens? He's transfigured, right? He is suddenly transformed. It, it talks about, the, the scriptures tell us that his clothes become brilliantly white. Even his, his appearance, his skin is glowing. He's, he's transfigured. He's transformed. It's the same word that we see here in this verse. So it's just as we see kind of that physical manifestation in the case of Jesus on the top of the mountain. So that kind of carries over to this idea of being transformed that Paul is talking about here in our lives. Transformed how, he says, by the renewal of your minds. And that idea, that word renewal uh, carries with it this idea of being, again, kind of reshaped, uh, kind of a renovation that is happening that is going on from the inside out. And lastly, the word mind here, a really important word, renewal of the mind. Basically, uh, it's the seat of the moral consciousness. It's the seat of kind of your practical reasoning, your intellect, your understanding, your comprehension, all of it kind of flows out of your mind. And I think especially in this case, Paul has in mind the, uh, the moral consciousness, what is good and right and true. As I was studying this week, there was a few, uh, several actually, uh, 
just quotations that I've, I thought were really good from various scholars uh, and commentator guys that I thought uh, were worth mentioning and reading. The first one I want to read, I have three of them. Uh, guy by the, whose last name is Moo, which is just fun. Um, Doug Moo, he's talking about renewal as this kind of ongoing process in our lives. And he says, uh, the reprogramming of the mind does not take place overnight, but is a lifelong process by which our way of thinking is to resemble more and more the way God wants us to think. This idea of this continual process, it's uh, the renewal of the mind is, is an event that happens when the Holy Spirit comes and regenerates, but then it is also, there's a sense in which it is an ongoing, continuous renewal that happens throughout the course of our entire lives. Another commentator guy writes this, thinking about this world and how there's the connection to that word being also referring to this age. He says about this mind renewal, he says, we are to think of ourselves as age to come people rather than as present age people. It hits home maybe even especially just thinking about uh, the reality of death. If we, if we think of ourselves as age to come people, we know that we are not fully at home in this age, in this world, right, right here and right now. We are awaiting something different, something better, the age to come. And we are, by the Holy Spirit's work, even now, we are age to come people in this age, representatives of him, those who testify to his, his grace and his mercy in our lives right here in this world. Uh, Last uh, little uh, quotation that I picked up from a commentator is talking about, again, the scope of this renewal and the scope of the transformation. He says, Christians are to adjust their way of thinking about everything in accordance with the newness of their life in the Spirit. Newness of life in the Spirit changes everything. Uh, an all-inclusive scope, like I said earlier, the overhaul. So all that, uh, lots to process, lots to reflect on there, just thinking about those quotations even. But you might say the question, so what? So what? Where does all this mind renewal talk, where does all this life transformation stuff lead us in the end? Where does, where does it go in this verse even? And I think the answer is where this all leads us is to, we could say one word, and the word is discernment. Discernment. And what happens uh, because of the work of God's Holy Spirit within us is that we actually have discernment that is to some extent still fallible, but to some extent reliable that as people who have renewed minds because of the work of the Holy Spirit, we now have this ability to discern things that are good and right and true. We can recognize good and right and true when we see it because the Holy Spirit has given us the ability to recognize those things. And, and we can, on the flip side, recognize something that is not good and right and true because the Holy Spirit has given us that gift, that, that discernment to know what is what. Not, not perfect, 
but a work in progress. I think that's what Paul is getting at the second part of the verse, where he says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He says, so that, continues the sentence, so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. By testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, perfect. I think this uh, brings us back to this idea that what is really, um, what Paul is talking about here, what the discernment is after, what, you know, the how do we live question, it's not necessarily uh, the question of, you know, every choice I'm going to make in terms of, okay, what cereal am I going to have for breakfast today? Right? That's not necessarily, uh, you know, a moral in, morally informed choice. It, maybe it could be, you know, it's like organic or not. I don't know how it was grass-fed or not. I don't, I don't know. There could be moral implications to your breakfast, I suppose. But, but I think that the big, the big picture thing here is really that the work of the Spirit gives us the discernment to, to line ourselves with the moral will of God. His, his will, which is unchanging throughout time and space, enables us to align ourselves with him and with, with what he has said is good and right and true. Makes me think, thinking about the moral character of God, what he says is good and right. Uh, Old Testament verse, Micah 6, 8. It says even there, Prophet Micah writes, he has told you, O man, what is good. God has told you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God? So it's these things that are, that are broad, right? Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. It's not, a, it's not a, like a law, like that's, you know, dot the I, cross the T. Here's the steps. This is how you, how you do the Christian life. This is how you live. It's these broad things. But it's these broad things that are generated out of a new life. Not a law, but a life. A life that has been born in us. The life of the Spirit that is now guiding us and living in us and showing us the way we should go. Renewal of mind and transformation of life. And... You know, as we think, begin to kind of land the plane here, maybe just to, um, to get really practical for a moment, to think about all the implications that this, would ha- this has in our lives, like the, re- the implication of having a renewed mind. All right, so if the, if the gospel bud, the renewed mind, tells us, you know, that everything, for example, everything I own actually is the Lord's, what is the blossom, right? What is the transformed life that would come out of that, that renewed mindset? The renewed mind, everything I own is God. The blossom is, okay, how, how is the Lord calling me to use what I have for his name, for his sake, for his kingdom? Everything is his. If the gospel renewed mind bud is, uh, man, how amazing is it that Christ has forgiven me of my sin? that he has wiped away all of my debt, all of my misdeeds are done away with by the cross. 
If that's, that's the renewed mindset that I have, what's the implication of that? What's the gospel bloom out of that? The transformed life, it's, well, man, how can I not forgive others? How can I hold a grudge against this person or that person in my life if the renewed mind tells me, man, God has forgiven me of so much? It's a transformation of your life. If the renewed mind, the gospel bud is, man, I'm beginning to understand, I'm beginning to realize how patient God has been with me as his child. How does that flesh out in my life? Maybe the the blossom of that idea is that I become a little bit more patient with my own children or with people who act like children in my life. Maybe I'm the child that you need to be patient with. That's That's the blossoming of the gospel, the renewed mind giving way to this transformation of life, practical implications in our lives. Take it full circle. It's not a law, it's a life. That is how we know how to live. We we read God's word, we study the scriptures. We have the spirit guide us in and through his word. It's not about, well, rather, take it back, sorry. There is no transformed life without the renewed mind. So I encourage you to, uh, to engage your mind, to, uh, to maybe pray that prayer. Lord, renew my mind in this area. Renew my mind in that area. Renew my mind in, in every way, even though that is a very scary prayer because you, you don't know what things you might start tweaking and, and tampering with, right? Things that you've begun to say, oh, this is okay. I can live with this. The Holy Spirit might say, nope, you got to renew your mind on that. That's not okay. But that, that's what the word is calling us to do. And that's what Paul's going to do for the rest of this letter, for you know, the, le- the rest of these chapters. He's going to get very, you know, he's going to start digging into our lives because the Holy Spirit has dug into his life. So do not be conformed to this world, to this age, friends, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect in his sight. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and partake of the table together. Father in heaven, God, thank you that you are a faithful redeemer. God, that you are a good and patient father. And Lord, that you have done a work in us, Lord. Uh, even though, if we're honest, we would admit and, and know that we weren't looking for it. And yet you have come to us. You have birthed life in us. Lord, you've challenged our presuppositions. You've challenged our culture. And Lord, when we're thinking rightly, we want you to do that. When, when we're thinking rightly, we know that, it, that your way is best. Lord, not all the, the, the selfish things and, and, and the petty things that we, we get hooked on. Lord, the idols that we become addicted to. Lord, your way is best. Pray that you would be working your truth, your renewed minds in each one of us for your namesake, for your glory, for your continued kingdom work on this earth, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.